0: Uh, we 're going to go right into our message tonight, so thank you for 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 joining us again um, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, I just want to say a special thank you. Um, we have been in the we are in the season of advent, and like I said last week and the week before, Advent is a reminder to us to slow down and reflect on what God has done for us. It is a reminder of Jesus's first coming to earth, born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Um, and as a reminder, Jesus' promise of his coming, of his coming again. And for those of you who know of the promise that Jesus uh, gave to us that he will come again to receive us unto himself, that is known as the not yet of his return. So he hasn't come yet. So we're still waiting um, until that time. And the Bible said, No man knows the time nor the hour, and we wait in anticipation of that. Um, the first Sunday of Advent, we looked at uh, at the hope that we have in Jesus Christ, which is um, you know, the ante- anticipation that the early uh, believers had, um, and they were waiting um, for the coming of the Christ child. And last week we looked at faith, um, the time of preparation. This week we are, we will focus our attention on uh, the joy of, of the Christmas season as we reflect once again on God's promise to us in sending His Son Jesus into our world. It is a time of rejoicing as we look at the Christmas season. We look at, we, tonight we will look at Mary's response to the promise given to her from the mouth of the angel Gabriel. Therefore, if you are um, joining me tonight and you have a Bible, whether you're using an electronic version or a hard copy, I would like to encourage you to take it out and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, and I'll be reading from verse 26 to 55 tonight. So join me if you do have your Bible, um, or if you're listening, um, that is okay as well. So before I do so, I want us to look to the Lord in prayer. Um, I'm gonna ask you to pray with me. Father tonight, Lord, we acknowledge you again for your faithfulness and goodness. We thank you for who you are, and God for what you have done and once again Lord we just want to give you praise and thanks and honor and glory. Lord we look over these past uh, several weeks we look at the joy of knowing you and the joy of seeing you come into this world. Lord God all that you have done for us and last week we look at the time of preparation. This week Lord as we focus on on that account 2000 years ago where the angel Gabriel appeared to the young virgin And Lord announced to her that she will, she will bear a son and she must call his name Jesus. Lord you are no longer a babe in a manger you are no longer a crucified lord on a cross but you are the resurrected lord and savior the one who the one who is the one who rules and reigns on our hearts and on our lives tonight and so we give praise and thanks to you we ask you to bless every life that are listening wherever they are tonight we ask God that you will speak to them we ask Lord that you will open up their ears and understanding We ask uh, uh, once again tonight, Lord, that we will, as we hear your word, Father, that we will draw closer in our walk and in our relationship with you. That we will be encouraged, Lord, to continue to follow after you, God, and and Lord, what you are doing in and through our lives. And so we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 2. Six to 25, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version for those of you who are following. In the sixth year, in the, sorry, the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth is, or in her old age, all, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, "Behold, I am the servant of the Lord." Let it be to me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. And verse 39. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into a hill country to a tongue in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. That is her cousin. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped. a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the, from the Lord. And then verse 46, And Mary said, this is Mary's response, My spirit, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoice in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, now all generation will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is His name and His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown great strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich He has sent them away empty. He has lifted up His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy as he spoke to our hearts, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This is God's word, and we give thanks to God for his word this evening. Brothers and sisters, this evening, I'm, Sorry. every time I, rebe- I reflect back on the birth of our, of our three children, I can vividly remember the nine months of anticipation, preparation, and finally, the joy and excitement seeing them coming into this world. These are some of the most exciting moments of our lives. We could good news with friends and family. You know, in, in our days, when, when our children were born, it was mostly done via a phone call. Pick up the phone and you will call them. Um, and We have so many social media platforms only a snap of a picture and everyone in your social media circle would be able to celebrate with you and 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 sharing that joy of seeing you give you know bringing your child into this it's a blessing from the lord for those of you that are parents you can attest to that of what i'm saying. You also know the joy of watching your child or children coming into this world. You can remember those, that day, the same very day, what happened and what took place. There is nothing that would prevent us from sharing in, in the joy of knowing that God has blessed us with a child or with children. And I can still, like I said earlier, and still remember those days. But that was not the case with Mary, the story we just read tonight what do you think she could share who do you think she could share her excitement with now i'm going to tell you a little about why mary could not have shared her excitement she was engaged or betrothed to joseph and soon to be married she could be stoned to death according to the laws of moses so knowing that she was engaged knowing the laws of moses she she was She would have been found guilty. But Mary had no one to turn to, no one to tell the exciting news that she would be the mother of the incarnate Son of God and that God was going to fulfill, the most important thing, that God was going to fulfill His promise made to Israel. The only person she can turn to was her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth, at this point in time in her age, was 90 years old, if you read the account of Luke earlier on, before we read these verses. But what was interesting as well is that Elizabeth lived almost 130 miles away from where Mary lived. That is about 81 miles, if you were going to put it in, sorry, 130 kilometers. 81 miles for those of you who use the metric system. See, Mary not only heard, I wanted you to pay attention to this, Mary not only heard and believed the words spoken by the angel Gabriel, but she also acted upon it. Heard, believed, and now she was going to act upon it. She did not just sit there and, and, and wait for Elizabeth to come to share the, this exciting news. No, she did not. She decided to visit Elizabeth, to conform, not only hearing from the angel, but now she was going to confirm that all that the angel had said to her. So distance was not going to stop this young virgin to share this joy of her pregnancy. Then also she was going to know that her cousin Elizabeth, 90 years old, was also with child. At that point in Mary's heart, there was no room, brothers and sisters, no room in her heart to doubt Or disbelieve God no room no room for that we believe that God is faithful in keeping his promise God is faithful in keeping his promise that is the God we serve this afternoon a God that is able to keep his promise throughout the generation throughout the Old Testament we have seen that over these past two weeks you have also seen and heard that I have preached on, on God's promises when Mary enters the house of Zechariah, so she makes her journey, it uh, takes a, a 130 miles uh, kilometers for her to journey, and that was not by plane or bus or car or a bicycle or anything. That was on pretty much by foot or a donkey. So Mary decided to go on that journey 130 kilometers, 81 miles. Now she enters the house of Zechariah for the first time, her cousin. She saw for a fact that her cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth, like I said, was 90 years old, pregnant. I mean, that is something for us to either rejoicing and to give God praise and thanks. Which woman at that age can be pregnant? It is only made possible by God. So this visit gives Mary three confirmation of God's promise. So she came into Zechariah's house, saw her cousin Elizabeth, who is an old lady at this time, 90 years old, with a child, um, pregnant. First, the sight of Elizabeth's pregnancy at her age was a personal, personal confirmation to Mary that, that, that that which is impossible with man is possible with God. First, Mary said, if Elizabeth is 90 years old and she is pregnant, then that which is impossible with man is made possible with God. It's only the God that we serve can be able to do that, church. It's only the God that we serve that is able to do, the Bible says, exceedingly, abundantly, and above. And God that we serve is able to do the impossible. Not only personal confirmation. The second, the baby in Elizabeth Elizabeth leaped, the Bible says that we just read, leaped in her when, she, when Mary and, and, and Elizabeth come together, which was a physical confirmation that the baby was yet was still alive in Elizabeth. Not only is she pregnant, but that the baby is, was alive. So we have personal confirmation, we have physical confirmation, and third, the last one that I want you to pay attention to is the prophetic confirmation. This prophetic confirmation came from the mouth of Elizabeth as she burst out and gave God praise. That Mary believed, this young virgin believed, that God will fulfill his promise of the coming Messiah, the incarnate Son of God. And Mary accepted that God is truly is going to bless her with a child. And that child is going to be called the Son of God. That child is going to be named Jesus. That child, that child is the incarnate Son of God. It was because of these confirmation, brothers and sisters, that Mary believed and could not help but praise God for His goodness. And we read that tonight. So we're going to talk a little about Mary's praises to God, her excitement. Her excitement is expressed throughout what we just read here, what is known as the Magnificat from verse 46 to 56. In fact, this Magnificat is exactly what it means in Latin. It means to magnify, or to exalt, or to glorify. And, and this is what Mary was doing in expressing her heart in the song towards God, and giving God praise and thanks. I don't know, but whatever, depending on what version of the Bible you are reading here this afternoon, these words, magnify, magnifies, glorifies, and praises, are all used interchangeably between these different translations. In the King James Version, you will read, My soul do magnify the Lord. In the English Standard Version that I am reading here tonight, it says, My soul magnifies the Lord. In the NIV, you will not have the word magnify, but you will find the word, My soul glorifies the Lord. And in the the Good News, I will use another translation, the Good News would say, My heart praises the Lord. And that is what Mary was doing. The word magnificat in Latin means all of these things. So when you find a translation that uses these different words, it means the same very thing that Mary is giving God praise. The Magnificat is a poem of praise to God. And that is what Mary is doing here. So tonight we're gonna look at several things in Mary's response when she in this in this in the song of praise. In Mary's song of praise, three things we're gonna look at. Mary is praising God for his blessing to her. Mary is praising God for his faithfulness to Israel, not only to her, but to her people. And thirdly, Mary is going to say, it's not only for me. I'm not only going to praise God for me and for my people, but I'm going to be praising God for the entire world at large. Every one of us that are looking here, Mary give praise and thanks to God that God is going to fulfill his promise. Not only to children, but to the children of Israel, but to the entire world and to every people, every tongue, every nation, every tribe. God is going to make it possible that salvation is not only for the children of Israel, but to everyone who come to faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mary's response echoes Brothers and sisters, the Old Testament text from the law to the prophets and the Psalms. She bursts forth in praise for God's goodness towards her. For who God is, that is God's character. And for God's faithfulness to his people in keeping his promise. You see, Mary's response tonight, brothers and sisters, is the message of the first Christmas God gave to us as a model for our response and praise for what God has done two thousand years ago so tonight we are going to look at God's goodness towards Mary in verse 46 and 48 here I'm going to read it back again my soul magnifies the Lord so my soul magnifies the Lord. she says my spirit rejoices in God my savior First, my soul glorifies the Lord, and then my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then she says, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. That is me. So Mary's response in praise was not an external response, but something deep within her heart and her spirit. And that is why she could say, my soul magnifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god you see her response was not lip service like like we heard about in in in, in hannah's case in first samuel when hannah went before the lord and she was crying out for a child and then she was praying and, and then you know eli came and he says why are you doing this and they thought that she was but no deep down she was pouring out her heart to god It was not lip service, brothers and sisters, and this is what Mary did. She was pouring out her heart to the Lord in expressing her faithfulness, uh, her, her thanks to God for his faithfulness and goodness. Therefore, the word she used, my soul and my spirit, meant that her expression, her expression was one that was deep from within. It was not, like I said, lip service, and it was, it was something that God was saying to her deep down within her spirit from the very core of our being. Which reminds me of these words from Jesus. And the Lord says, Jesus said in, 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 citing, in citing Isaiah verse 13, Jesus said in Matthew 15 and verse 8, for those of you who are following Matthew 15 and verse 8, which he is citing from Isaiah 29 and verse 10, he says, This people honors me with their lips but their hearts is far from me. Many people do that. And Jesus recognized that people will honor me with the people that he was talking about in those days. He says, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Not so with Mary. Mary echoes Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel, like I said, chapter 2 and verse 1. And then again, she will also echo Psalms 34 and verse verse 2. Hear what she says in, in, in 1 Samuel. Hannah says, Hannah says, And Hannah prayed in verse in verse 1 Hannah prayed and said my heart exalts in the Lord my God my horn is exalted in the Lord my mouth derides my enemy because I rejoice in your salvation so look at Hannah's prayer my heart exalts in the Lord and my horn is exalted in the Lord my mouth derides my enemy because he rejoices. Continue when you look and you compare these two prayers; it's almost exactly the same. So Mary, this young virgin, knew, knew her Bible very well. She knew her Old Testament very well. That is the reason why she could have expressed herself in a similar fashion. And then from the psalmist David, David wrote in chapter uh, Psalms thirty-four, verse one to three. He says, "Here what David says: I will extol the Lord." I will extol the Lord at all times. Now in some translation he says, I will exalt the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be my lips. I will glorify in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. And hear what David says, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That, oh, that was not lip service from the mouth of David. That was not lip service from the mouth of Hannah. That was not lip service from the, from the mouth of Mary. No, it was something deep within. Brothers and sisters, when God is doing something in our life, when you have experienced God in your life, it's not a lip service when you testify the goodness and the faithfulness of God. No, it's not a lip service. You alone know what God has done in your life. And I can attest, and you, many of you that are listening to me, have experience in your life where God has touched your life and changed and transformed your life. And you know what it feels to express that in praise and in adoration and in thanksgiving to God. And then Psalms 38, 138 and forty-six, the Psalms that is quoted in the patches, though the Lord is exalted, He looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, He sees them from afar off. You see, Mary, Mary recognized that God is no respecter of person. Brothers and sisters, God is no respecter of person. Amen? He has no favorites. She declares, even in her lowly condition. Now, when Mary says, even in the condition that I'm in, even in her lowly condition, what Mary was saying there that, you know, Mary comes from the from the Davidic King David's rule and reign in the Old Testament. But at this time in Mary's, Mary, that generation way ahead, in the New Testament, Mary came from that generation, from that, but at that point in time, the Davidic kingdom was nothing in the eyes of men. You couldn't see it. Couldn't be seen. God made it fit to use Mary to be the mother of his son. And God fulfilled his promise that he will, he will once again be restored from his, his kingdom, David. So, even so, to their brothers and sisters, this is a matter. This is a reminder to all of us. This is a reminder to all of us. No matter who you are, and I would like you to listen this afternoon, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what you have done or what you have left undone, God's grace still extends to us all. None of us is better than the other. We all need the saving grace of Jesus Christ. God, the Bible says, will choose the weak and the foolish of the things of this world to confound the wise. And so tonight I give God praise and thanks that that each and every one of us can come to that place in our life of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, because that grace still extends to you and me tonight. But the question that I want to ask is, how do you and I respond? How do you and I respond in worship when it comes to God, how do we worship Him each time we come? You see, worship is always a response to what God has done for us. And that was what Mary doing, that was what Hannah was doing. That was what the prophet of the old and the people of the of David, like take for example, David did. And when they worship God, worship was always a response to what God has done or what God is going to do. You see, God initiates, brothers and sisters. We respond when God initiates. In Mary's case, God sends the angel, announce the birth of her child, that she will be the mother. Mary respond by faith. Mary acted upon that because she was not trying to prove God wrong. No, she was trying to give God praise and thanks and to rejoice knowing that God has not forgotten them. God has not turned His back on His people. 400 years has passed between malachi and matthew and here the angel gabriel showed up the bible says when the fullness of time come god sent his son into the world and i want to remind us tonight that worship is not lip service it is something that comes deep within brothers and sisters it is something that should come deep within our hearts and our spirit like mary like she burst out in praise my soul magnifies the lord and my spirit rejoice in god my savior not something that is emotionally charged up some people are emotionally charged up true worship true worship jesus says is this that they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth it's only until you come into relationship with jesus christ that you will truly know how to worship him mary responds was exactly what jesus said in spirit and in truth and mary cries out as we heard tonight she burst out in praise and in thanks and in adoration to god not not a death spirit that we're talking about but a spirit that is quickened by the holy spirit and the truth of god's word come alive in our heart only then can we truly worship Next we look at how Mary praised God for, not only for what God has done for her. So she reached out and she, she burst out in praise and thanks for what God has done in her life. In choosing her, in remembering his people. Then she turned to, turn away from herself and says, The glory is not mine, the glory now is God. She now looked to God and praised him for, for who he is. And here what she says. She said in, in verse 49, she says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And we're going to see that again tonight. We're going to read that again tonight. This is where she, she, Mary touches on the attributes of God. When we talk about God, when Mary prays God, she's talking about the very characteristic of God, who God is. Showing how much God she knows about him. Mary knows about God in her experience, in her in, in studying the Old Testament, in understanding the Word of God. But she knew the Scriptures. Mary, many people today, brothers and sisters, sorry, many people today know what, what God has done, especially around this Christmas season. And we are reminded so much of what God, that God has sent His Son into the world. We have we have nativity scenes all over. We have it, it publicized more and more. We see it all over, but most people don't know who Jesus Christ is is some still see him as a baby in a manger when it comes to christmas time oh he is still a baby in a manger some see him as gentle jesus meek and mild is still this little child another see him as a dying savior still on the cross crucified but how do you see him tonight brothers and sisters for those of you that are watching how do you see jesus tonight You see, the way we see God is the way we will worship Him. If you see Him as Lord, you will worship Him as Lord. If you see Him as the Almighty God, you will worship Him as the Almighty God. And that is what Mary is doing in verse 49. And I'll read that to you again. She says, For for the Mighty One has done great things. She called God Mighty. He is the Mighty One. So she turned the attention away from herself. And then she gave God the praise and the honor and the glory. She said, Mighty, the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy, holy is His name, that this God here is holy. And He is worthy to worship. His mercy, that is God's mercy. She knows that the God that she serves is merciful. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, he has scattered those who are proud in their most inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with food with good things, but has sent the rich away. She says, "That is the God whom I serve." Talks about his holiness. Talk about the, this God that is powerful, his omnipotence, his omnipresence. His, the omniscience of God, she talks about and she expresses it in her praise and in her adoration to God. Mary, move like I said, the focus away from her and turn it back to God. She realized that she isn't when she looked at herself in comparison to God. There is none like unto our God. There is none like unto the King of kings, the Bible says, and the Lord of lords. There is none like unto the Almighty God. She said that he is mighty. He is the one that is great. He is the one that is holy. As much as she was blessed, Mary says she was not the dispenser of these blessings. Mary turned her eyes away and says, I'm going to now appoint it back to God to give him the praise and the honor and the glory. Mary is not the one we worship today, brothers and sisters. We worship Jesus, the Son of the living God. She acknowledged him for who he is. And we need to also acknowledge him for who he is. He has, he has, God has sent redemption to his people. And basically, Mary is acknowledging of God's faithfulness towards us. So, Mary echoes in these verses that I just read to you, Psalms 126 and verse 3. That the Lord has done great things for us. She said the Lord, the psalmist in chapter, one, um, chapter 120, um, Psalm 126 and verse 3 says, The Lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy. Then again, David wrote in Psalms 115 and verse 1, he says, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be glorified. So David is saying, Lord, I don't want the praise. The praise is not for me, but to you, Lord. It's not for us, but to you, because of your love and your faithfulness. That is the God we serve, a God that is faithful, a God that is loving, a God that is gracious, a God that is merciful, and, and, and so many things and, and so many characteristics of this God that we serve. In these verses, I would like to remind you, God praises him for his faithfulness, his mercy and his goodness. She prays him for his power and justice. She prays him for mercy and truth. For his mercy, for his mercy that extends to all, Mary says, and to those who fear him. To those who fear him from all generation to generation that will come, to those who fear the Lord. When we take a closer look at the words of Mary, you will notice how familiar she is was with the old testament passages how much she has remembered the faithfulness of god's towards not only to israel but to all those who will come and we also need to re- we also need to realize who god is compared to us so that we are when we look at god we should be back about god's mercy and god's faithfulness like mary and finally not only did mary acknowledge what god has done in life not only what god has done in in the life of her uh, of who he is sorry about his faithfulness and about his characteristics about his attributes but Mary will praise God for his faithfulness in keeping his promise that is, is very important for us to hear tonight verse 54 and verse 55 she says hear what she says she said he has helped he has helped that is God he has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, just as he has promised to our ancestors. God says that I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Jacob, and I am the God of Isaac. And Mary is acknowledging that that the promise made to Abraham that, that, that God is going to make his descendant like the, the sons of the shore, that when God blessed him and Sarah, Mary remembered those promises that were written in the, in, in the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses. She remembered the Old Testament prophets and the promise that God gave. And here she bursts out in praise and says, For he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful. The God that we serve is merciful. God has never left us. No once. no matter where you are tonight, brothers and sisters, no no matter how much your back is against the wall, I can tell you this, that you can count on the promises of God, that you can count on the faithfulness of God, that he will say in his word, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you even to the end of this age. And that is the God we serve tonight the God of Mary the God of Abraham the God of Isaac the God of Jacob We serve a living God and here Mary is celebrating God's mercy towards his truth as she understands the as she understands covenant theology and the entire Old Testament is filled with covenant theology and declares that God is faithful in sending his son and she has that opportunity and is blessed to be the one to bring him forth into this world. Just a vehicle. Just a vessel that God is going to use. An earthen vessel that God sees fit to bring forth his son. Mary says, uh, sorry, faithful in, that God is faithful in keeping his promise to Abraham. The word here, help mean that, could also mean sustain. God is faithful in sustaining, in upholding, in keeping. See, brothers and sisters, God will always remain faithful even when we are not faithful. God will still remain faithful. And that is why we can trust in him. That is why we can put our hope in him. And that is the reason why we rejoice tonight. Not because he, he is in a, in a manger and is in a babe. No, no, because he came and gave his life as a ransom for us. He came and died and, and rose again from the grave triumphantly to give us life and to give it more abundantly. In seeing God's faithfulness to Abraham and Israel, Mary recognize that God is big enough to be faithful to her and to every other generation. Anything that you will throw at God, God is faithful brothers and sisters in his word to keep it. If God promises, God will keep it. And that is the God we serve tonight. So before I close, I would like to ask you questions as you think and as you're listening to this message here tonight. How do i know and ask yourself how do i know god is faithful to me in the light of jesus birth? as you reflect on this christmas season here how do i know god is faithful to me in the light of all of this what has god done for me during not only this christmas season but what has god done for me how do we see his faithfulness towards us when you look around in your own life, how do you see the faithfulness of God? Can you respond in praise and in adoration and in thanksgiving like the way Mary does? Can you, at this point in time, stop and look at and say, God, I want to give you praise and thanks for what you have done. We see God faithfulness each and every day, brothers and sisters. And we are reminded again of that in this Christmas season. That God sent His Son, the incarnate Son of God you see god took on flesh and chose to dwell among us christ came the bible says to give us a life and to give us more abundantly we have this promise today brothers and sisters and and, and i want to leave you with these words that Jesus says come unto me all who labor and are heavenly laden and i will give you rest and that's what he wants to do he's inviting you to come And if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I invite you tonight to give your life, surrender your life to Christ, no matter where you are, no matter what you have done, no matter what you have left undone, no matter how much you may think of yourself, you can surrender your life to him because his grace is still extended towards you. Jesus said uh, and his words that he will not leave us nor forsake us, but he will be with us. He has given us, brothers and sisters, his Holy Spirit, to be with us. And that's what he meant, I will never leave you nor forsake you, but I will be with you. He gave us his Holy Spirit to comfort us. He is also, the Bible says, one more promise from Jesus that he's gone to prepare a place for us, that where he is, we may be also. And that's what he wants from every one of us. And so this this evening here in closing, may we praise God for... His goodness towards her for who God is and for His character and His faithfulness towards His people in keeping His promise. What about us today? How do you see God's faithfulness when it comes to us trusting in God? Do we, brothers and sisters, have that kind of faith to believe that God is able to do what He said He will do? Do we stop and trust and believing in God the way we should? How do we respond when we pray and don't see the answers to our prayers? These are all questions I'm throwing out to you. Do you doubt God? Do you stop believing in God? Do you want to just give up on God? For 400 years, God was not in sight for Malachi to Matthew. But it had Elizabeth and Zacharias and, and Mary, just on a household, just a few people, did not give up on God's faithfulness and God's promise. Knowing that God will forget, God will fulfill And sometimes it could be you are at that place in your life where you you may be doubting and feeling that God has turned his back from you. Brothers and sisters, I want to say no. God has never turned his back from you. If you look to him, he will, as he said, hear and respond. He says that I'm at the door and knock. If any man opens, I will come in. I will sup with him. Like Mary, giving praise and glorifying God Can you and I do the same this uh, this Christmas season as we are celebrating what God has done for us through Jesus Christ? This Christmas season, brothers and sisters, I would like to encourage you as we celebrate, as we celebrate and remember all that God has done for us, let us look, let us remember who He is and praise Him for His goodness, for His faithfulness, for His mercy, for His grace, for His loving kindness towards us. Let us praise Him for what He has done that in the fullness of time that God, as he promised, will send his son, Jesus Christ is going to come again. And I would like to encourage you to take this week out and for the rest of the year maybe, as you meet with friends and family, to thank God for what he has done for you and for your family. And thank God for his faithfulness, like I said. And the joy of knowing Jesus Christ. Not only... only Share the joy within only your household, but take that joy and share it with friends and family. And like, you know, Carrie Ann and her family sang tonight, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Salvation is, 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 is only, brothers and sisters, through Jesus Christ and through Him alone. And that's what God has given us. God has given His Son 2,000 years ago, that if we believe in Him, That he will know likewise, the Bible says, he will cast us out. He says, if we confess our sins, the Bible says, he is faithful and and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what James says in his word, that if we confess our sin, God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. And if you don't know who Jesus Christ is and you have never surrendered your life to him, I want to encourage you tonight to surrender your life to him this Christmas season, whether it's this week or next week or throughout. And, and, and allow God to be at work in, an, in your life. I pray tonight that the Lord will bless you, bless your family, bless you and your friends and everyone that you will share this joy of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so I give thanks and praise tonight for everyone that is watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we pray? Father, tonight, Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, as we read the Magnificat, Lord, this this song of, of praise from Mary's heart, god lord she she cries out in worship and in adoration to you lord for remembering her and for remembering her people and lord not only for her people but what you have done for the entire generation lord tonight we can reflect on those words and and continue to see your faithfulness oh god see it lord in the old testament in the lives of the prophets and the lives of those who lived lord in the lives of hannah in mary in david in abraham lord there are so many that we can go back to god you have never leave us as your word says nor forsake us but you will be with us even unto the end thank you for your faithfulness and i thank you tonight lord that we can rejoice like mary of knowing you god of, of of seeing your faithfulness towards us and your goodness and all your grace and mercy towards us father that you bestowed on us and so i pray for every family lord for this christmas season as they celebrate lord as they go and take time out, Lord, and rejoice, and whatever they do, Father, that they will remember your faithfulness that they will rejoice in your goodness and all that you have done for them, Lord, that they can share this with friends and family, that others can come to know you. I pray for those who are struggling in their walk and relationship tonight. I pray, God, that you will touch them wherever they are, that you will meet them at their point of need, oh God, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, or financial need, whatever there may be, oh God. Um, uh, been, been, been worried or troubled about, I ask God that you will minister to them. I pray for those that don't know you, Lord. And, and, and I ask God that they will come to the knowledge of the truth. Lord, I pray, God, that they will surrender their lives to you and give their heart to you. Just like Anna did, that we look at the baptism tonight, Father, and it's a reminder, oh God, of what you're doing in our lives. Like a young lady, like Anna can decide, Lord, I want to follow you, I want to give my life. I pray for many that are out there tonight and are in a similar situation. God, they are struggling in their walk and relationship, but they know that you are truly calling them. I ask, Lord, that you will touch their lives and bring them to the knowledge of the truth. Bring them to a place of repentance. Lord, let them know tonight, God, that you have not left them nor forsake them, but you will be with them even unto the end of this age, and that you are willing and open uh, with your arms wide open to receive them. And so I pray, God, that you will touch those lives tonight. Thank you for your word again. And I ask, God, that you continue to bless everyone that is listening to this message. In Jesus' name, amen.